Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Neath the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heart strength that plays soft and low What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome aboard to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with you. And what's going on, everybody? Well, it is Memorial Day weekend, and of course, the action was slow, but also it is time to thank our veterans, their families, uh, those we lost, and salute you all uh, on this Memorial Day weekend. We should do it every day, but of course, we are doing it now on, here on the Bubba Show, and I salute you, I thank you, and have a happy, great Memorial Day weekend, and let's remember all of those soldiers and people that we have lost through the years. Happy Memorial Day, everybody. In the meantime, markets are what we thought they'd be, kind of blasé, the North Korean summit talks are off for now. Uh, not not a shock, not a surprise. Uh, you know, it was a it was wishful thinking to begin with, uh, and and it may happen sometime. I mean, you know, uh, the president President Trump is uh, pretty good at uh, at deal making and pretty good at putting things together, and this may be just another one of his uh, ploys of the way that he negotiates deals. Uh, certainly, uh, we're not going to uh, be overly concerned. I think that we've gone along a, a lot farther than anybody thought we would, and we did get the hostages back. So there is there is some hope there. I would think that we eventually will get uh, the ability to sit down and talk and get these things straightened away. Uh, I wouldn't be you know too surprised if it does happen eventually, but I, I'm certainly not surprised that we had uh, that they broke down here but if you remember at least they are talking so let's see you know what what comes from there in the meantime it did have a uh, you know they will blame that on uh, the yesterday's sell-off early on the breakdown of the talks and you know that might have been the catalyst but the markets are ready to go down. I mean, look, let, let, let's remember one thing, okay? When markets want to go up, they shrug off bad news and accelerate on good news. When markets want to go down, they sell off on bad news and they they don't go up on good news. So, you know, these markets are really in consolidation. Now, they've broken out, you know, out of that, lower band and the downtrend is certainly over and we certainly went to uh the neutral stance um you know back uh, a couple of weeks ago uh once the once the downtrend was broken and you know 
I, I think when you when you look at it, I mean, the markets feel like they want to make a move. Now, typically, the big moves are to the downside. You know, the, the big, sharp, quick moves. So we'll see how it how it indeed does play out from here. Uh, but you know, again, I think we're just in this wishy-washy, more of a consolidation pattern. And I don't think that there's anything to get too excited about on either side of the market. You know, remember, uh, many of the markets closed early today and uh, were closed on Monday. So we'll see. I mean, you know, we continue to hear the talking up of the economy and the economic data. And I continue to say, I don't know, but that doesn't matter. Again, one thing you have to remember is it doesn't matter what you and I think about the markets. It's what the markets do. And I think that is one of the things to always remember. Because if you were to listen to the the lobbyists and the and the Congress and the Senate and all those people, you'd think that grains might be at zero right now. Yet they're making new highs. So, you know, where what does that what does that tell you? from that perspective okay that they don't know jack and i'm not saying that i know anymore i just know that the the technicals of the markets tell you what's going to go on and what's happening and and certainly we haven't seen any reason to believe that the grains are going lower right now okay i mean you know trade talks tariffs the whole thing again i've said this from the first day this is not new that they're going to work something out and that it will actually be a benefit, in my opinion, to the farmers and the producers out there because it's going to create more business, in my opinion. So, you know, again, I am not concerned about it and and I continue to buy in uh, to the the grains because I think the grains are going a lot higher. I think that the the meats are going a lot higher. Uh, I think the markets are going a lot lower eventually. But again, you know, when is, is always the question. But we cannot try and, and trade the news because you're, there's no way you can get to the news anyways. That news is already out long before you and me ever hear it. So, you know, if you think that you're going to be able to, to beat that tape, there is, there is no human way unless you have an inside scoop uh, to, to directly to where the news source is going to come from. There's no way you're going to beat the news. I, this is an age-old problem. Now, back in the old days, you know, before all this information flow and how fast, you know, if you fart, they know about it in, in China already right now. I mean, you know, again, it, it, that's how fast information flows. And, and I, I think that you have to just understand that. So you, you have no edge because when the news finally hits you and me, it might be five minutes late, but because of the the way that trading goes and because everything's electronic, that stuff's already been priced in well, well ahead of time. And, and I think that you have to just focus on the task at hand and focus on the technical parts of the market because if you don't, you're going to end up with a lot of long faces, a lot of sad days because... Markets are going to reverse. Just for example, if you believe that 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 yesterday that sell-off was going to be real, and you sold into it as it was going down, you'd have been in for a rude awakening when they spun around and stuck it up your, you know what, 
And, and I, I just I just think that you know we, we we make that common mistake because you know we're humans, and we react to certain things, and and that's always something that I think that is is one of the mistakes that we all make. Okay, is overreacting too quickly to something that there's nothing that we can do about. And and that to me is always a problem and one that we need to be overly aware of not to make that same mistake over and over again because for some reason we do and that is one of the things that does drive the markets. And I think that's one of the things that you have to always remember is to let the technicals lead you and don't put yourself in a position to get trapped ahead of time. That's just simple, easy, something for you to think about. But what else think about? Of course, we do salute our veterans, their families, and all those on this Memorial Day weekend. And we want to remind you to go to Liberty Talk. Dot fm and download the bubba show each and every day and of course on the weekend you've got the uh the sporting edge to go for as well so make sure that you go ahead and, and take care of all that stuff and don't forget to get bubba's daily update which is available to you for free all you have to do is go to bubbatrain.com fill out the little box and of course i will email you every day my th- thoughts of what happened in the markets right after they close this is the bubba show top of orange and step out for a break be right back with jane king after the break the bubba show top of orange Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with Jane King, Lila Max Media, the Kaching Report, all about star reporter, all about star business owner. What's up, Jane King? Oh, just looking forward to uh, the weekend and summer. Um, it's going to be a great summer. Yeah, it, well, Chicago, it went from 30 <laughs> to 80. Here we are. It's, summer, it's, it's yeah. summertime. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like 90, bam. So. <laughs> from heat to air conditioning right away. Hey, listen, so what did you think about the uh, the canceling of the summit? Were you surprised? Did you, you Are you shocked? What were your thoughts? <laughs> well, I, I saw the headline come across, so, you know, I was surprised that it that it kind of happened. It was, um, you know, not announced and there was no kind of leaks about it or anything, which is surprising in and of itself. But I think, you know, it's funny to watch the media react to this stuff because, I mean, to me, it's like, look, I mean, I I think Trump said, um, you know, Kim Jong-un was kind of getting cocky and, you know, they didn't show up for a meeting. They kind of stood up the Americans. He was, you know, kind of trash talking and stuff. And Trump's like, okay, dude, if this is the way you're going to do it, I'm canceling it. Get in the right frame of mind, get serious, or we're not going to talk. And so I think he absolutely made the right decision. I think they're still going to have a summit. I don't know if it'll be on June 12th or not, but I think they're still going to meet. And I think something's you know, going to be worked out here at some point. I think Un wants it. Um, I think he's just trying to save face, and he's just, you know, this is just the way he is. Um, so, you know, it's funny to watch some people, they're like, oh, it's a failure. We knew it would collapse. And it's like, it hasn't collapsed. I mean, this is just all part of the process of getting to the end goal. And so it's just, you'd think these people would never negotiate anything before the way they react to this. The art of the deal. I mean, you know, I mean, that's... look. I mean, anybody who's been through... You know, a serious house purchase or a job negotiation or, you know, does this kind of stuff. I mean, it doesn't have global implications, but, 
you know, you, you play little games, you pull back, you're, you know, you, you put your foot down, you set boundaries. That's exactly what Trump is doing. So everybody needs to just calm down. I look at, I love Trump for this reason. Okay. That he is the first president that I can remember that is flexing his muscles and saying, Hey, we are the King of the Hill. And you're not going to knock us off. If you want to work with us, you need to do certain things. And I, and, I, and I can respect that because I think that it's about time one of our presidents had enough, you know what, to step up and stand up to everybody and say, look, we're happy to be with you. We want everybody to be peaceful. We want everything to be great for everybody. But you're going to not take advantage of us anymore. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I read the letter um, that he wrote, and I thought it was really good that he put in there, you know, this was, would have been great for the world. Um, because this is, I mean, it's, it's not just the U.S. and North Korea. Um, this is, you know, South Korea and Japan and, you know, the Asia-Pacific region and Europe's involved and China, of course, is a huge part of this. So, um, you know, I thought that was a really important point to make. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he, he was like, okay, Kim Jong-un, if you're not going to be serious about this, I'm not going to sit down with you until you get in the right frame of mind to negotiate. So I think he did the right thing. And um, I think you have to be able to, whenever you're negotiating, walk away. Um, and he's a, the United States does not need North Korea. Um, North Korea needs to improve their economy. I believe he wants to. Uh, the U.S. has offered to make investments in North Korean companies. I mean, this could be... Absolutely transformational. You mean the anorexic, the, the anorexic army they have there? <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, do you remember like 10, 12 years ago that people were eating bark? They were eating bark off of trees because they had no food. That's terrible. This is not a strong country. It's, it's horrible. And, um, you know, I think he's just playing games. You see how far he can go. And um, I think Trump put his foot down. So I, I totally agreed with the decision. I get it. And we'll see what happens next. So from your background, off to another topic, but, you know, oil. Oil's been a big story, and, and everybody keeps talking about how oil is great for the economy, higher prices, and, 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 and that we're going up because of demand, and we need more. And, and you're, you have a background on this, but I, and I've said all along that this oil rally is BS, and it's more driven by fear of things that are going in the Mideast. It's more being driven by OPEC because they want to make sure they help Saudi Arabia with the Aramco IPO. And that when oil is in what they call backwardation, oil should actually probably at some point start to head lower, which it had done in 2007 and uh, in, in, in 2014. Do you have any thoughts to that? Well, I think um, OPEC has already said that it might consider um, ramping up production again at its June meeting. So we might start to see oil um, head back down a little bit. We've got four-year highs, and it happened fast. Um, so, you know, good for Texas and Oklahoma and all the people that work in that industry because they've just, you know, had a hiring boom trying to fill it out. I mean, I don't, you know, it's, I, I've always, I mean, in terms of, of demand for oil, I think, I think that is going up as the economy improves. Um, we've got gas prices at four year highs, but we're going to have 5% more people traveling, um, by, uh, at least 50 miles from their home for Memorial Weekend. Um, so there's still big demand for it, and people are confident about the economy. So I don't know. I mean, it feels like we've run up pretty far. We could sit around, you know, 75 to 80 for a while, I think, in oil. Well, I'm un- unfortunately, I believe that the oil companies are sticking it to the American people because they know it's driving season. They know they're going to be in their cars, and they're pumping these prices up. <laughs> well, that's well, what I believe. It always happens. I, I mean, like l- ahead of Memorial Day, um, 
you know, but we're, I was looking at we're 75 cents a gallon higher than last Memorial Day. So, I mean, it's been a big jump the past year. Yeah, well, everybody's to take advantage of it. I mean, you know, listen, we've been, we've seen this movie so many times before, and I guarantee, I guarantee you, you hear the whining about high prices for the production end and everything else. And of course, I guarantee you'll see record profits once again from the big oil companies, because this is what, this is, mm-hmm. this is not a new story. But I, I think the real question is, Jane, is, is, we don't we shouldn't be using as much oil as we're using anyways we at this point in time we should be far advanced into uh, electric or, or or natural gas or sun and i don't want to wonder what you think why are we not farther along when based on our technology and based on what we know and i mean my thought is always that well big oil still kind of runs the country and and that's in, until they can figure out a better way like the tobacco companies they're going to continue to uh, be fossil fuels going to be the number one fuel what do you think hmm. well i um first of all i agree i think that um alternative forms of energy are a great thing and i don't think we should be any dependent on any one source of energy whether it's solar or wind or oil or natural gas or coal or whatever. I think you spread that all out. I think it's good economically. You've hedged your bets in case there's God knows what happens somewhere that you can't foresee that's going to drive prices crazy. So a, a diversified energy policy is, is definitely a good thing. Um, I think, you know, I really, you know, electric cars are kind of new. I mean, they've been around a while, but people are just starting to warm up to them. Um, GM, the, the prices are going down. You know, Tesla's got his Model 3. That's a problem. But GM has a cheaper electric car. Everybody's getting involved in them. Um, there's all kinds of regulations across the globe, particularly in Europe, that um, they're making uh, the emissions go down. So electric cars are going to be really popular there. So I feel like just over the past like three years or so, the government's economics, the American public psyche has kind of gotten on board with electric vehicles. I, I think the sales of those are going to go up. I think we've seen um, kind of a, a change in attitude about that. Um, you know, there's like, there's wind farms that, you know, there's a lot of political fights about that. I, I grew up in Indiana. They want to put wind farms up there. People stopped it. Um, it's just been slow. I mean, when you're looking at something that's so transformational in terms of energy, it's going to be slow going. But I, I think... We're going to have diversified forms of energy going forward. Even the big oil companies are investing in it. Well, I think that's what they're trying to do. I think they're trying to let them catch up. Uh, And just quickly, you and I talked about the trade wars. And, of course, so far, all grain prices have done has gone higher. Yeah, and I, I know. isn't that funny how that works? Well, I mean, you and I both thought that it wasn't going to be a really a big deal, and I think that you know we discussed it pretty much at length. And I think that you're going to continue to see higher prices because at the end of the day, there's so many people they need our food, and basically, it's going to be the same difference. They're going to buy from Brazil when the when the real is cheap, and when the dollar, you know, it just it, it comes down to a finance deal, not a oh, yeah. a trade war deal. What do you think? It's all economics, as it always is, right? So, um, yeah, well, it's, you know, that saying, and you're a trader, so you know this, like, the market will do the most damage to the most amount of people possible. Like, everybody was like, well, you know, soybeans are going down for sure. China's not going to be buying. And, you know, here we go. They go up. So that's uh, just the way the market works. And, you know, it's. It's not. It, it's been good for the farmers, so that's a great thing. I'm always happy about that. Uh, me too. And Jane King, I'm always happy to talk to you. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. And as always, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Bob. You too. And that was Jane King, Lila Max Media, The Kitchen Report. And this is The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horwitz. And, of course, remember to download the show each and every day at libertytalk.fm. 
Uh, don't forget to get the Sporting Edge on the weekends. And of course, don't forget about our high school investing program, highschoolinvesting.com. Check out the curriculum. If you want to help us out and help us continue to provide these services to our youth, then go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Bubba Trading. This is the Bubba Show, Top Awards. We'll see you back right after the break. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horwitz, and we're going to listen to little Bill Whittle today. Here we go. The vision thing. And that's probably been missing in American foreign policy ever since. But the last guy I ever expected to show an actual vision in foreign policy turns out to be the president we've got right now, Donald J. Trump. And as something of a... Uh, uh, doubter myself, even if that's too strong a word these days, it is quite something to see as he works his magic in foreign policy over these last few weeks. Hey, everybody, I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle and Scott Ott, and this is Right Angle, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Listen, gents, uh, during this campaign in the primary and the general election, Donald Trump was never able to articulate a foreign policy vision. And I, I liked his stance. I liked having a pro-American president for the first time in eight years. I just didn't know what to expect because he didn't seem to know exactly quite what to say. But we're watching events unfold in three different places, in Israel, in Iran, and in North Korea, that make me think this is a guy who might just have a foreign policy vision. And Bill, you alluded to this a couple of weeks ago. This was sort of the inspiration of this segment when you called him President Peace Prize. Now, let me uh, sort of give you the outline here. By opening the American embassy in Jerusalem, the actual capital of Israel, by abandoning the lousy Iran nuke deal, and by scaring the pants off of Kim Jong-un, President Trump has rigged things in such a way that it actually looks like there's a real vision here. Because, and this is the real kicker, I didn't share this with you in the, in the pre-show, Bill. There was a report I saw on Twitter earlier this week that North Korea has pulled its nuclear and ballistic missile advisors out of Iran at the same time that Iran will start running out of cash because we're out of this uh, bad deal. And with Iran out of the picture, with its forces overexposed in Syria and in Yemen, this puts a real chance for peace in the Middle East for the first time maybe ever. Uh, do you think he's got a vision or is he just winging this? Well, we spoke before the show about the idea that, you know, some people think uh, President Trump is playing four-dimensional chess, that he sees all of these moves four or five years into the future, and this whole thing is carefully planned. Listen, I think he's doing something much smarter than that, to be honest with you, because I think the entire idea of looking at 
politics as four-dimensional chess is in, its, in itself a trap and the source of all of our problems. The idea that there's a that there's a intellectual pathway that can be sussed out by members of the Kennedy School of Government, where uh, a series of intricate moves over the course of several years, like it's like this kind of foundation trilogy, uh, Sari Heldon kind of idea that, that that we can predict the future with psychohistory if we just follow this big plan. Harry yeah. Sheldon or whatever the name. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Selden. In any event, um, what Donald Trump has done is something much smarter than this. He said this whole idea of four-dimensional trust is ridiculous. This isn't chess. It's negotiation. Knock all the pieces off the board, and let's get down to what is actually here. And here's what I think the, these three things have in common, Steve, that, that's finally showing movement. I think that the North Korea situation, the Iran situation, and the Israeli embassy situation that Donald Trump has changed, he's done the same thing in all three of these theaters. He's made it so that time is no longer working on their side. It's just that simple. Up until, up until Donald Trump's changes of the game, time was on Kim's side, time was on the Mullah side, and time was on the Palestinian side. And the longer they waited, the better things got for them. The longer Kim Jong-un waited and the, lo- and the more saber-rattling he did, the more deals he got, the more respect he got, the more everything he got, it was incentive, it was subsidizing him to continue with this nuclear adventurism. You'd mentioned um, that he got a, a wake-up call. Kim got a wake-up call from the Chinese. The Chinese yep. had said, all right, enough of this nonsense. But that's because the Chinese also got a wake-up call from Donald Trump, who also told the Chinese that time is no longer on your side. You're no longer going to get not just a sweet deal. You're no longer going get, to get this vampire deal where we're just going to sit here and be a host organism for you to bleed out of. So um, – so number one in North Korea, he said, no, time's not on your side anymore. Time's working against you. Uh, in, in Iran, where we now find out that this arrangement that Barack Obama had made with the mullahs, give them $800 million on a pallet of cash, you know, just a big Ugh. giant stack of $100 bills for your terrorism. And then we find out that this deal had arrangements where the United States would come to Iran's defense in the event of an attack by Israel and all the rest of this nonsense. Trump doesn't have to be a geopolitical genius to say this is a crummy deal for America. It's a crummy deal for Israel. It's selling out our allies, people who we can depend on, and and putting our trust with people who hate us. It's insane. It's nonsense. Chuck that deal out the window. Now time is on our side and not on the Iranian side. But I think this is most clear in Israel and, and, and the moving of the Israeli embassy because the Palestinian, entire Palestinian uprising, the entire 50, 60 years now we've seen of, of just endless suffering in Palestine is predicated on the belief that the Palestinians have that someday all of this stuff is going to go back to being theirs. They're holding the key or they're holding this or they're holding that or so on. This is what they've been told forever. And the United States, especially under Obama, has been continuing to give these people the illusion that at some point in the future somewhere... Jerusalem is going to be theirs again and all the rest of it. It's not going to happen. Hey, it's not going to happen. You know, I'm glad you and, – and, oh, sorry. And, and, Donald Trump, and Donald Trump, by moving the embassy to Jerusalem, is saying to them, this business of living in the past that, that Yasser Arafat and all the rest of you have been told, you know, have put this misery on you, this business is not – it's over. It's not going to happen. No. So you better start thinking about your future instead of this imagined past, you know. And just for the record, for those of you who don't not so much up on your history, uh, the Jews were in Jerusalem an awful long time before uh, the Palestinians or the Muslims were. So you can just 
terms of who this land belongs. Well, up, much up until uh, 1947, so Palestinian was the word He's for clear Jews that, uh, living this is in no what was called South Syria, which is now side. called Israel and uh, and Jordan. Uh, Scott, you, you know, I want to talk about the, uh, the Palestinians, I think, because that, uh, we are in maybe a unique moment of history where the Saudi Arabians, after giving them money and encouraging their terrorist activities for decades, the, the Saudi Arabians have gotten fed up, thanks in no small part to... Uh, to Crown Prince bin Salman, who is cutting off the money. Turkey can't afford to be as generous as uh, as everybody else was. And Jerusalem is off the table. If you're the Palestinian leadership, is it time to sit down? And do you sit down with Donald Trump, the, uh, the so-called madman who moved our embassy to Jerusalem? Well, I don't, I don't know if Donald Trump is the right agent to sit down with, but I think he's created an atmosphere in which the Palestinians would be wise to sit down with the Israelis and uh, perhaps their, their uh, sponsors elsewhere in the Middle East and say, you know what, uh, maybe we should work out a resolution. I think that the troubling thing here is the, all this, the, uh, the weeping and the wringing of hands that I see in the mainstream media where essentially they're going, Trump is doing this provocative act of recognizing that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel and putting the American embassy there, uh, which, by the way, they're just putting a new sign on the consulate that was already there. Yeah. But it is but an it, official recognition of huge, that. Yeah. It is huge. And, uh, and they're saying that he's going to ruin any chance for peace. I'm like... Who are you kidding? I mean, I saw the picture of Menachem Begin and Anwar Sadat shaking hands with Jimmy Carter and they, you know, were all embracing at Camp David. And how many decades has transpired since then where we've had this just raging, bloody peace in the Middle East? I don't Half think... a century. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that we've really had uh, peace in the Middle East. And what's the worst thing that can happen? I mean, the last officially named, as they would call it, war between the Palestinians and the Israelis was just four years ago. And so now they're saying, well, this, the shooting that happened at the, uh, at the uh, border crossing area uh, when the Palestinians stormed the gate um, and they're, you know, bewailing 70 years of, since the catastrophe of being cast out of their homeland. Um, that, like, this is some new thing. I think Donald Trump's genius when it comes to uh, Korea, when it comes to Iran, and when it comes to the situation between Israel and the Palestinian um, people and their leaders has been not so much a moral clarity as a simplification. I think he looks at complicated things and basically his experience in life has said, things aren't that complicated. And he has been able to boil it down to a simple thing. It's like, okay, so where is, uh, what's the capital of Israel? Oh, Jerusalem, not Tel Aviv? Well, that's where our embassy should be. You know, and, and that is not... Just that simple. It really he is. He is not a complicated man. And so, and I think that's genius. I mean, I said in our, in our pre-production meeting that I think Donald Trump um, is actually, his chaos works in his favor. His chaotic approach to things, what seems chaotic to other people, creates opportunity. And he flows with opportunity and just makes the next move. And, and I think so far, I mean, I've got nothing but good things to say about him on the international front. I'm even okay with him referring to people as little rocket man. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, listen, folks, uh, peace doesn't come until one side's hopes for victory are smashed. Uh, Bingo. Yeah. And Israel and Egypt signed their peace treaty just, what, 
five or six years after Israel destroyed the Israel or the Egyptian second army uh, out there in the Sinai Desert. It was an incredible battle, and that took away Egypt's hope of ever driving the Israelis into the sea. And they came to the peace table, and Israel also negotiated in good faith and gave back the entire Sinai that they'd conquered in 1967. So you have to take away hope, and this is what uh, Trump has done. He's giving us hope here in the U.S. He's giving us hope here in the West. He's giving us lots of hope in Israel. They're just going crazy for him in Jerusalem this week. But by exposing Iran, by taking away the Iran deal, he takes away their money. He's taken Israel off the leash, and they are attacking and have attacked uh, Iranian forces in in Syria in a way they couldn't before while the deal was in place. And, of course, that is one of the things that you have to love about the president. Uh, he's creating some action and some energy. In the meantime, this is the Bubba Show, Top of Horowitz. Make sure you go download the show every single day at libertytalk.fm, uh, the only station you need. This is the Bubba Show. We're going to step out every break. We'll be right back with more of the Bubba Show after the break. Top of Horowitz, the Bubba Show, coming right back to you. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with you. And of course, one of the things we always talk about here is that the markets never announce themselves and you just never know uh, when something is going to change. And of course, what are we seeing all of a sudden? Out of nowhere, the oil markets started to fall apart a little bit. Now, again, maybe this isn't the final score and maybe they'll turn around and go back. But after getting as high as 70, almost 73, okay, 72.90, they're now trading under 69 and look to be headed lower. And as we've said for, for quite a while, as painful as it was, and it was painful, and we admitted to it every day how painful it was being short the oil, uh, not so painful at the moment. Now, again, it could turn around and go right back up next week. And, you know, hey, that'll be what it'll be. And we'll have to make a judgment. But, you know, this is the pattern we've been looking for. And, and out of nowhere comes that... Uh, selling and all of a sudden the selling begets more selling and the acceleration begins. And uh, at this point, I'm now very comfortable uh, with with my short after being very uncomfortable and, and being under some duress. Uh, I'm now much more comfortable with the, with the position that I have on. And uh, I think that this could be the start. Now, again, I don't believe we're going right down to the 40s tomorrow. However, I do believe we're going back down to the 50s uh, and then the 40s, and then we'll see what happens from there. Uh, you know, again, I don't, I, I, I don't buy in. It's, it's, it doesn't make me right. Just remember that. But I do not buy in to the growth story of that's why gold oil was higher. I don't buy into the BS um, that we're, we, we need more. We've got too much supply. And because of the formation the only thing that was driving the price of oil was fear. That is my opinion. It doesn't. It does not make me right. Make let's be clear. But that is my opinion. That is what I've seen. That is what I've watched for 38 years of these markets. And of course, obviously, until 20 years ago, oil was 10 bucks a barrel. Nobody cared except when OPEC needed money. Then they would create some fear and, of course, squeeze us. But the, the difference now is there is competition in the oil patch. We are the competition. We don't need 
the uh, Middle Eastern oil. We are net exports or exporters of oil. We don't need to worry about Venezuela. We don't have any of these problems. So if the fear subsides, uh, and it's still we're still in backwardation, uh, but if the fear subsides, then you can expect oil to go dramatically lower. Uh, if not, then it can hang up here for a while. But again, as, as I continue to remind you, if I go out and look at oil, one year from now, it is about $8 cheaper, $7 cheaper than it is today. That is not the correct formation that is telling you that the whole market is being driven by fear. Now, how long can it be driven by fear for? Well, a lot longer than I can remain solvent, I can tell you that. Okay. Uh, so, again, we, we just we report it as we see it and as we trade it. And, and in my eyes, that's what, what, what I'm seeing. Uh, and, and that's the way that I would continue to try to trade it. Uh, I think that the short side is still the correct side here. On the other hand, I think that the gold, there's gold and then there hills. Uh, I think gold, the correct trade is to trade that to the upside. Uh, I think you look for opportunities to buy gold. I think we've now seen, at least for now, the bottoms. I think for now you've seen uh, uh, gold test almost at 15, excuse me, 1280 that we were looking for. 1281.40 was a low. Uh, now, it should be close enough. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's still a chance that this was just a dead get bounce and 1260s in play. But I would think not. I would think that we now will start to head back up. And I think we're going to target, you know, 1220, 1230 next. Excuse me, 1320, 1330. Uh, but I do think we'll make a run at the at the top of 1365 and then possibly break out and go higher from there. I think that's one of the things you you look at at markets and, and how they trade. And, and, you know, it's everybody wants to, to say that the uh, North Korea deal of yesterday was the reason that gold popped and gold was higher before that deal got canceled. Gold had started at the bottom. And as we had written about all week for Kitco, it looked like gold was bottoming anyways. So I didn't care about the news. I mean, did the news maybe give it a little bit of a boost? Yeah, it's possible. Again, we're not going to say it doesn't help it. But it was already it was already moving in that direction to begin with, so I wouldn't get so overly excited uh, that that that's why it moved. Again, we are not here believers of the news. Now, if I could if I could trade the news uh, before anybody else, yeah, I would trade it. Of course I would. I mean, we've talked about this on air over the years of there's some news agencies that are really not news agencies. There's there are traders, there are investment firms dressed up as news reporters. OK, you know, it's the same as uh, uh, KTN. What is it? KTKN need oh, NTK need to know news. OK, that was a, owned by Deutsche Bank. All right. So, you know that they were sneaking out information they were getting because they were allowed because of their credentials. They were allowed to get information ahead of time. But I tell you very simply that you and I cannot trade the news. This is not the old days where we could stand maybe by a Western Union ticker and get it as fast as everybody else. The, the flow of information is too fast. I, I think that the markets themselves probably have one more push to the upside, possibly making new highs uh, before selling off. 
that's why we went to neutral and uh, saying that we weren't looking to sell, but you know, a little bit higher, and we'll start looking for for opportunities. But we're, we're, again, we're, this is not a time to be overly aggressive. This is not a time to be wild. This is a time to sit back and and you let let the markets tell you when and where and why it's the next time to get involved. I, I think that this is one of the big classic mistakes is we don't follow the footprints enough of the market to allow us to put ourselves in that best position. And, and that's always something that uh, concerns me uh, that I worry about is, you know, that people get trapped up and caught in these these little news squeezes. OK, when it's better to wait and react to the market after the news because you'll get a better shot at it. And again, very similar to the North Korean announcement yesterday. I mean, if you remember, we talked about 2,700 around that area as being support in the S&P. And sure enough, it was a low, 2,705. Now, I'm not telling you should have bought it there, but certainly you wouldn't have been selling it there knowing that you were coming right to support and possibly you might've stepped in based on the blow-off formation pattern. And that's kind of things that we teach and we talk about all the time is is how do we get to be in that best position but i mean i i would not see be surprised to see um you know the equities make a run at the highs you know matt demner believes there that there's one more set of highs uh coming uh he's on the same page with me as as oil short being short oil uh and you know again there's just a lot going on and of course we now see once again the cryptos are a little bit under pressure Uh, But I think those are just coming to a buying opportunity. I I think you have to remember that the cryptocurrency space could be compared to the Internet of the 90s. They're going to be around. They're going to be real. And it's the question is trying to find the right one. But, of course, smart people are everybody's trying to take advantage of this. uh, And that's why you see so many coins come out. And a lot of them are going to be garbage, very much like Pets.com and the other ones. But in the meantime, it's easy to be prepared and ready. So that's one of the things that we want to make sure you understand is don't don't put too much in. But certainly you should have a little bit of exposure to this space. And uh, we'll talk more about that on Crypto Investor X with Matt over the weekend. In the meantime, this is the Bubba Show. And once again, I want to thank veterans. I salute you, you and your families. We appreciate what you've done for this country. Uh, Happy Memorial Day. And uh, please, everybody, give a thought to those that we've lost. This is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz, LibertyTalk.fm. You can download the show each and every day. And we are going to go celebrate Memorial Day and celebrate those that have been close to me that are from the military and veterans. And as always, I thank you all so much. Have a great weekend. The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. We'll see you later, everybody. Goodbye. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.